The Guardian. Hi, it's Alex Spring here on the Guardian Australia Culture Podcast. I'm here in our office recording this because we decided to do something a little bit different this month. In May, Arts Minister and Attorney General George Brandis announced a redirection of arts funding. More than $100 million over four years will be taken away from the Australia Council and redirected to a national program for excellence in arts. This program would be administered by his office. While national arts companies are unlikely to have their funding cut, smaller emerging talents are likely to be affected. During our regular podcast recording, we had two guests from the arts who could be directly affected by the changes. Jess Scully, curator for Vivid Ideas, TEDx and other arts projects, and Jake Stone, former frontman of Blue Juice and educator at Music New South Wales, joined Nancy Groves, our culture editor, and I. We feel like this piece represents the fears of many of those in the arts community and issues that aren't being discussed at length yet due to a concern that if they speak up, they may not receive their funding when they next apply. We didn't want this conversation to get lost in the podcast, so here it is in full. We'll be publishing the whole podcast later this week, but for now, we bring you the moment when Jake and Jess began to talk about what the cuts mean to them and the broader arts community. A warning that this podcast contains strong language. It all began when I asked Jess how this will affect the arts sector. The, the thing that needs to be really, we need to be mindful of is that the arts community, the culture sector, the creative industries is one ecosystem. And when you, when you take um, a huge chunk out of that, when you prioritise the heritage arts and the major performing arts organisations, has, as has been done by Brandis's budget, I mean, what he's done is he's ring-fenced a whole slice of the arts that is kind of beyond criticism that doesn't have its funding affected and then everyone else has to battle over the scraps. I mean, what you're basically saying is we don't value the emerging sector, we don't value innovation, we don't value uh, people who are making work for communities and in communities, we don't value um, work that is um, cross uh, platform or cross-disciplinary, which is really the uh, that innovative sector. Once you do that, you're not going to have the talent who are spending their time and, culti- and, and cultivating and honing their skills. It's just some straight baby boomer shit. It's like the same thing with them trying to hold on to housing in Sydney. It's just like we're just focusing on people whose tastes are in their mid-50s to w- like death and what they don't realise is all the people that they like who perform at Sydney Theatre Company came through an emerging sector of the arts initially and so that they could do Hamlet 20 times a year. And, and that's that's what's going on in Sydney. It's just like, oh, cool, we can just get the Merc down and watch a play that's already been staged three times. Or we could have an exciting, vibrant arts sec- sector with people who are already battling it out to actually make that happen. We could support those people and make the city really exciting because there's the people there to do it who are motivated to do it who want to do it and have great ideas but as usual like that's not happening because but, but you can't have one without the other I no mean, you that's can't the thing. exactly i mean it, it's like saying we all want to eat at gourmet restaurants but we're not into farms you know yeah, it's <laughs> mental Absolutely. there's it's... no feeding process kate blanchett is only going to be able to do shows for so long you know we need other people to be mo- not just have the capacity to do it but be fucking motivated to mm, do it absolutely. like where's the motivation yeah. to get into the arts in sydney anymore you know you have to live like a cafe worker your whole fucking life. That's crazy. You know, that's absolutely crazy. It is going to affect you directly, Jake, in, if, yeah. as an educator, as a music educator. But, it's, but I feel like I haven't ever been 
this is the first job I've ever had that's been reliant on Ausco. I work uh, as a as the education officer at Music New South Wales currently. Prior to that, I was in a band full time for 13 years or something, you know, and and I was a comic before that. And I was working at Channel 7 for that stuff for a little while. And so I've never had a job that was reliant on these things because I just frankly didn't think I could possibly have one. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's no, in in Sydney and Australia, you don't actually think, oh, I could have a job that has some government level of funding from the arts because it just doesn't enter your mind for me as a creative. I'm like, how am I going to get the money together to do, to do this on my own, you know, with the various projects that we do or like we're going to have to gig to make money and even gigging in this city is very challenging. So, you know, it's, it's for me personally, and this is not to pour shit on anything that you do, I never even considered the Ozco uh, beyond the dollar for dollar touring grant that mm. our manager got us when we went overseas because it just didn't, there's just no money in the arts here. It doesn't you enter know, the equation for it. most people. And I think, I think a really crucial point to make is that most artists and musicians and designers and practitioners, they're not getting a handout from the government all the time. I mean, we're not talking about a heavily subsidized sector. We're talking about a sector that receives some funding, which they then amplify through ticket sales, through their own work, through making efficiencies, but through not paying people very much um, and through getting their own funding. Um, so what we're talking about is taking even that minimal level of of certainty out of the sector, that, that baseline funding that helps you to have the core that can then go out and get more money. Because one thing that Brandis has been really positive about is this idea of uh, public-private partnerships for the arts. You know, he was very happy to go and cut the ribbon at the new Venice Biennale Pavilion, which a million dollars came from the Australian government and seven million came from very wealthy people people like Kate Blanchett and Simon Morden and all of those sorts of philanthropists. Um, you can't have that other seven million being raised if you don't have the one. If you don't have that percentage of certainty that allows you to fund the sector, so organisations like Music New South Wales can, can start to do the work, where's the rest of that money going to come from? And it, it actually means a collapse of the whole sector. What, what, what is the feeling though in the community, in the wider community, the arts community, when these cuts were announced? Well, I think it's almost like we were talking we were talking about the fact that, you know, we're almost beyond surprise. Oh, yeah, it's weary cynicism, <laughs> to be honest. Like, how can, how can this be a surprise now when so many decisions leading up to this have all indicated that this kind of thing would happen? And every single decision has been almost shock and awe levels of like, what? Like, re like, what is it, a war on us? Like, what do we do to make these wealthy older white people angry. Do you but know what I mean? The, here's the problem, okay, so we ran a, p a comment piece from Van Badem on site about this uh, last week and she uh, went around and talked to people to try and get a sense so it wasn't just her writing about it, it was the community and very few people went to, went, wanted to go on record to her with their quotes. So she had some sources, she said she sort of expressed the kind of, kind of worries of the community but Brandis now, by kind of um, ring-fencing this 100 million well, for his excellence fund, there's a suggestion that you've got to kind of be in the club if you want yeah, the money. And it's called an excellence fund. Like, well, what kind of pretension is that? Well, like I think part of the problem is is that this is a form of censorship. It's a, it's a very obvious form of censorship. You play the game, you stop being political, and you don't comment, and maybe, maybe You'll be you might get your hand out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. If, you're, if him and his rich friends agree that your art is pointless enough then you'll be allowed to be in that thing. And then maybe they'll choose one thing that's semi-critical to be like, oh, no, we allow 
some comment about this. I mean, my suggestion is people just get out in the street and do shit. We have to do something major here to change things. We can't just sit around discussing it on a podcast, do you know what I mean, that no one might yeah. listen to. Yeah. No, but this, this is the issue. So do we need a response within the artist community? Does this, this yes. need to be a protest or does it need to be art made about it? Which is the more effective route? Well, because I think both. I'm not I think both. Um, I mean, it's a it's a challenging position that we're in because, you know, there's a pro there there are forms of protests that are being planned. One includes dancing, for example, meeting and dancing, and and a, a lot of people are really worried that we're going to be perceived. How are we going to be perceived if we show up and dance at a protest? And will that will that look like we're we're making a mockery of this thing or we're we're not taking it seriously? Or I think there's a lot of second guessing going on in the arts community at the moment. We don't know how to react, and and I think there's two big issues here. Because because by cutting the funding for the Australia Council and then taking that money and putting it into, first, well, first of all, ring fencing the major performing arts groups, saying they're fine from the Australia Council funding, but then taking another hundred million out and making it into a slush fund for excellence, which is what Brandis has done. He has completely destroyed the whole idea of impartiality and arm's length funding and peer review. That is the basis of arts funding, but not just arts funding, all funding from governments. I mean, the, the, the idea that, that someone might stop the, the tender process and say that all bridges are going to be, uh, contracts for bridge building are going to be awarded on the basis of excellence and the minister's going to decide who's excellent. I mean, that would be labelled corruption in any other... Yeah, and, a health, and a health and safety like probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably, I'd say so. <laughs> it's that the arts is viewed as a wishy-washy entity that has no real social value by this government, that they're allowed to beat on it like it was some dog they like but, but this is a mean? problem too, because when we rub, publish articles about this on site, um, go into those comments, it's not just the government thinking that. No, it's actually the general public too. And actually it's interesting to think whether the kind of awareness campaign that needs to happen is actually with the public and not just with the community. I mean, there's been a parallel kind yeah, of and you can movement in the UK at the moment where it's actually like, how are we going to get out and motivate the public to speak for us? You I know? ask mm. them this. Mm. Did you enjoy seeing Mad Max Fury Road? Did you go out and see that this weekend with your wife, girlfriend or partner or whoever it was? <laughs> cool. George Mueller didn't exist if this happened 25 years ago. Didn't have the money to make the movie, didn't start that trilogy that you like so much now, didn't do any of that shit. Nothing happened. He wasn't here. He was somewhere else. You went and saw an American movie on the weekend or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, largely it is, but that's a talent from here that we fostered through enthusiasm, and it probably wasn't even easy, but luckily he was in the 70s, and it was exploitation, and there was a culture and stuff. There's not going to be that culture. Don't, like, people are dumb. That's the reality. <laughs> people are dumb. They don't like no, it. No, 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 no. Jake, Jake, Jake. <laughs> I'm sorry, Listen, I know it sounds offensive, no, 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 but no, no, they no. are. No, They're Jake, stupid. Our job in the arts is we are communicators. I think if we can't communicate the value of what we do and we can't communicate the value of culture, we're doing something I wrong as the I think Vivek does a beautiful community. job of it with the I, lights. I was going to say best. that. Isn't this exactly the point? That's is that the Vivid best thing. Is, you, you know, you're coming out, you're enjoying this Absolutely. free art event. Absolutely. This should be the point where we say it it's is. not going to happen anymore. If you don't well, foster the talent that well, creates this, you know there's a, there's a, there's all kinds of challenges implicit in that because actually, I mean the arts community hasn't embraced Vivid. Uh, to be honest, and, and it has been an issue uh, from the beginning because uh, for a long time I, I do have to repeatedly make this point that our funding comes from tourism funding. Um, uh, we are designed to bring people, and we do bring people to Sydney. So. I think we have a big issue as as a sector um, around 
our our own perception of ourselves, what we value and how we communicate. Yeah, we're Australian. We love shitting on ourselves and we love being pointlessly competitive within our own communities to the detriment of the broader context of success, okay? Australia! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's our fuck up. That's yeah. our fuck up. Yeah. But, but I'm saying is like vivid, as I said, is a, is a great expression of how it directly benefits people to be involved with the arts. But imagine, and no one's seen it yet, what Sydney and Australia will look like with no arts. It, the light's will, going off, basically. Yeah, it will be so shit here. It will be so shit here. We will literally just be a rock mining some kind of resource that will run out that no one wants to buy. Have you seen what it's like living in regional Australia? It's Fucked. It's not great there. You know what could make it better? More arts, more culture, more fun stuff to do. Um, Things to do beyond mm. drinking and going to some shit nightclub that plays top 40 on Saturday night. That's the reality of living in regional Australia, whether you want to accept it or not. And if you remove that, what this government is doing is removing even more potential for entertainment. It's ruining it more. Do you but know it, what I mean? Not, That's scary. But, but That's really I, I've scary. I've lived in regional Australia. We have the culture we make. Yeah, exactly. And... It's not just the potential for entertainment. It's the inter the potential for employment in the knowledge economy. I mean, we're moving into, we live in an era where 80% of Australians work in the services industry. So whether that's in professional services, whether that's in hospitality, whether that's in the creative industries, that's 80% of Australians. There's only 1 million Australians who are employed as blue collar workers. And yet our perception of ourselves is that we are a blue collar country. That's absolutely, frankly, yeah, not right. true. And if we want to be competitive in a world where the biggest companies in the world are knowledge economy companies, they're, they're Apples and Googles and Facebooks. Exactly. How are we going to do that without any kind of investment in education, investment in science and research, uh, or investment in the arts and the cultural sector? I mean, this is where ideas come from, and this government has defunded all of those sectors. And you'd have to wonder why. And it can only be because they have a singular focus to keep themselves in power by re-electing themselves through our worst traits, racism, isolationism, fear of stuff. But that's such a dumb reason to make us for the next 20 to 30 years idiots. Well, Cu I, cultural I think, wasteland. I yeah, think that, absolutely. you know, but even the business community doesn't agree with them. I mean, that, this is the extraordinary thing. I mean, I, I read uh, quotes from the, uh, the, the head of the Business Australia Council and she completely disagrees with all of the stuff that the, from, <laughs> that the Australian the government Australian is doing. Council, right. Absolutely. I mean, these are the people who are saying we need investment in the knowledge economy. We need investment in science and research. And we're just not seeing it. But I do think there is a big piece that needs to be done as far as communications and articulating the value of all of these things. And the fact that we have a government that's governing for the 50s and, and not for the 2050s. So um, there's a big piece of work. And I think we're the best place people to do it. I mean, uh, arts, creative industries, media, entertainment. If we can't craft a message and sell it, then who can? But they're not interested in buying. And I think that's the point. They're dead no, no, against I, I mean, being for the people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've actually gotten to the point now where I don't have faith in the Australian people to take on those messages because I just don't believe they're interested in hearing them. They're happy to hear positive, fun things uh, at Splendor. Uh, that make you dance for the weekend so you can take a couple of pills and that's cool. Like, they love that shit, but they don't care about these broader things that have to be thought about and had and that affect someone else. And they don't realize that they also affect them and they just don't have the time on some level unless it's... Look, if the Jays promoted it hard, 
Like if Triple J was like, hey, come out, we're going to protest against George Brandis and it's going to be awesome and Sticky Fingers will be playing. It'd be really big. Everyone would go. But it's the avenues that things get promoted that are supposed to be impartial or that have already got a, a perceived slant on them. People aren't willing to take those messages on. They don't. It's not made cool or fashionable to young people. And young people, frankly, need to be um, swayed by those things. They need to be... It needs to be advertised as a cool or fashionable thing because they're just dumb enough. They don't give a shit either way. That's the reality. They don't. No, you think that it's different, but I swear to Christ, it isn't. I'm not just saying this. I'm not just being a dick. It's true. Like I've played a lot of shows in lots of different places all over Australia. I've been all around Australia playing shows for 13 years. Big festivals, small festivals, lots of different gigs. Bands that are considered really smart, bands that are considered bands for the people or whatever. People in Australia in the 20 to 25 year old age bracket do not care. They just don't get it. No, we have to work. We have to take ownership of it. I but think that doesn't address what I just said. We that have to what take. I, just said. They don't I, care. I think we're getting to a really dangerous place when we say they. I, I keep just saying they, they, I'm they, they, they. I have to say they. I'm talking 20 to 25s. I'm not saying people uh, who, like, no, I'm, Jake, I don't think I people actually care. really disagree with you. I, I, you know, yesterday I was at TEDx Youth and there were a thousand kids there who were much younger than me and who were much more engaged and much more passionate and who really do feel these issues. I mean, kids... Uh, the idea that they don't care, I think, is is a real in injustice. I think they care, but I don't think they care about the thing that we're talking about right now. If you approach them about Arts Council funding and talk to them about the importance of it, they aren't as engaged as if you talk to them about who's on the bill for Splendour. We need to switch that around. Well, what we need to do is is explain the connection between the two things. Yeah, and that's, I, yeah that's, that's the key part of it. That I'm not trying to be a dick, do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to be real with people about it so that we don't get into a discussion where it's really touchy-feely and great, but then there's no practice like there's no practical application of that, you yeah. know? Jess, you, you were going to continue your point? Uh, I think it is absolutely our job to now get together as a sector and figure out how we're going to art articulate that value and that connection. And I think that's the next step. I think protest doesn't work with this government. Um, we haven't brought the majority of people with us. Um, and I agree. I read the comments on Guardian articles and, and I'm disheartened by the fact that we haven't articulated that value proposition and that's our job now. But don't we, I mean, I agree with you completely um, and support what you're saying. Don't you think that we articulate it every day by producing bands like Tame Impala or bands that travel over... In my, in my experience, I'm talking about bands. We could talk about any yeah, other no, arts. No, no, no. I could talk about my sister being an actor who's currently in Orange is the New Black, one of the biggest uh, Bar Request television shows in the world. Isn't that us articulating that value? No, because in the same way that we can say objectively the CSIRO is great, we also have to say, and that's why you have Wi-Fi. I think we have to explain the outcome and we have to make that connection and, sure. and that's our job. That was Jess Scully, Jake Stone, Nancy Groves and I talking about the arts funding cuts announced in May's budget. We'll be updating you on this story on our culture pages at theguardian.com. If you're an artist or organisation that has something to say about these funding changes, then please get in touch. Tweet us at GDN Oz Culture or on facebook.com backslash Guardian Australia Culture. The latest episode of the Culture Podcast will be up later this week. We'll be talking about the value of public art, if we really do stop discovering music in our 30s, and if the technology that keeps us connected and stops us from being bored is also killing creativity. See you then.
For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com/audio.